Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Welcome to the month of December. Christmas is coming. Family, events, presents, food, all of this begins to occupy our time. No matter what fills your month, I hope it also includes hearing from God. Hearing from God. Is that even something we consider in the busyness of the holiday season? Actually hearing from God and then following through on what he wants for us. Or maybe we could ask it this way. Creating space and time and margin to hear from God, is that a priority? Hearing from God. Well, let's think about Christmas for a moment. There are many sounds of Christmas. Perhaps the sounds of Christmas take you back to a familiar carol that you enjoyed as a family. Well, I remember growing up as a young kid, we were an Andy Williams family, and we even had the Andy Williams eight tracks. My dad had an eight track player that was connected to a big stereo system, and when it came time to decorate for Christmas, we would find the Andy Williams eight track tapes, and we would insert those into the machine, and then we would listen to this amazing music. It's the most wonderful time of the year by Andy Williams. Silent night. By Andy Williams. The Bells of St. Mary's by Andy Williams. Do You Hear What I Hear by Andy Williams. Maybe you were a Nat King Cole family or a Bing Crosby family or perhaps a combination of all of those amazing artists. There are so many songs and sounds connected to Christmas. It's interesting because Christmas is also filled with greetings and sentiments that bring joy and peace and goodwill. So much of what we communicate to each other is centered on hope. I want us to think about the advent of Jesus, though. The birth of Christ, his arrival into the world, because it was accompanied by sounds and greetings and conversations that were anticipated yet unexpected. Think about that. Anticipated yet unexpected. Those two words don't even belong together, but yet that's the birth of Jesus. The arrival of Christ had been prophesied for hundreds of years. The Old Testament prophet said, he is coming. He will arrive at some point, and they even talked about the city where he would be born, but no one, with a few exceptions, was looking or listening for him. And why? With all of the information about Jesus, here is where he will be born, and he is coming, be looking for him. With all of that information, why was nobody really expecting this? Well, I believe it's because ordinary life has a way of muting our ability to hear good news. 
right? Ordinary life, just day-to-day life, one day after the other, it has a way of muting our ability to hear good news. It happened in Jesus' day, and I believe it still happens in our day. It's probably because we're constantly looking down and we're unaware of what's happening in front of us because our heads are not up and we're not listening. I came across a USA Today report that shared Americans check their phones a shocking 52 times a day. And I thought about that and considered that to be a little low because I think I check my phone more than 52 times a day. So we're constantly doing this. What occupied our time before our phones? What was that like? Well, often our heads are down and we're unaware of the sounds around us. True in Jesus' day, true in our day as well. The surprising truth behind Jesus' birth is that few were listening and looking for him. That's the truth. Here's what we're going to do in December. Today's the first Sunday of Advent. We march toward the birth of Jesus. It is coming. And here's what will fill our month at Valley Point Church, just so you know. I want to take some time over these next few weeks to look at Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2 and the narrative of the birth of Christ. Luke is one of the Gospels in the New Testament. There are four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Only two Gospels talk about the birth of Jesus, Matthew and Luke. And Luke gives us the most detail. And he also shares some of the intimate thoughts of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so I want to dive into Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2 and consider what people heard when Jesus was born. Again, the birth of Jesus, accompanied by sounds and conversations and noise. And in Luke 1 and 2, we're going to walk through what did people actually hear when Jesus came into the world. Okay, some context here for the advent of Jesus. I want us to consider the Bible for a few moments. It is an amazing book that is broken up into two testaments. There is the Old Testament and then the New Testament. By the way, that word testament means covenant or agreement. And so there's an old agreement or covenant and there's a new agreement and covenant. That's what that word means. In the Old Testament, there are 39 books. In the New Testament, there are 27 books for a combined 66 books that make up scripture and constitute what we read and what we study. 39 Old Testament books, 27 New Testament books. What's interesting about the Old Testament is that it was all written before Christ was born in the BC years. The New Testament was written after Christ was born in the A.D. years. It's fascinating to me that the birth of Jesus split time. So even if people aren't cracked up about Jesus or don't believe in everything that he said or did, 
our very calendar every single day of our lives is actually driven by his arrival into the world, B.C. and A.D. Now, the Old Testament constitutes the preparation of Christ. With every book, all 39 books, in some way uniquely pointing to Christ. The New Testament, then, is the capstone. It's the fulfillment of the Old Testament, and there is beautiful alignment in all of these books, even though they were written over a period of time. The authors didn't have a chance to get in the same room and coordinate different languages, different space. It has amazing coordination. Now, biblical scholars do not agree on the last book written in the Old Testament. So that's a little up in the air. We're not exactly sure. Some scholars believe that the last book written may have been Nehemiah. And Nehemiah shares the great story of the walls around Jerusalem being rebuilt and God's honor in terms of the city of Jerusalem being restored. That's the book of Nehemiah. And it may have been the last book written in the Old Testament. Other scholars believe it was a guy and a book named Malachi. Or here at Valley Point, we affectionately refer to him as Malachi, the great Italian stallion prophet. Now, he probably wasn't that, but that's just for fun. So some scholars believe Malachi, Malachi, and his cousin Frankie were the ones to put all this together. I'm not exactly sure. It doesn't matter, actually. One of these books was the last book written in the Old Testament before the angel appeared to Mary and said, Mary, guess what? You're going to have a baby and he will be the son of the most high. He will be Emmanuel, God with us. Not God out there, but God down here. God with us. That's what you will do, Mary. But again, before that, one of these books was the last book written. Now, where scholars do agree, and I hope you find this to be somewhat interesting, is that whatever the last book of the Old Testament was, between that book and the New Testament and the announcement to Mary, there are 400... Four hundred years of silence with no new revelation from God, no update, no word about, hey, remember Jesus, the Messiah, and hey, it's getting close, so start looking, start listening. No. Four hundred years of silence with no new update from God at all about this coming Messiah. And then God appears through the angel to what many scholars believe was a teenager in Mary saying, guess what? The time is now. The time has come. Which that leads us to our big idea for today. So please take out your talk notes and let's fill in some blanks. The surprising truth about Christmas is that it gives us a unique opportunity to hear from God and follow his direction. 
And we want to consider this. The surprising truth about Christmas is it gives us this opportunity to hear from God and then follow his direction. It's no wonder no one was looking for the Messiah. 400 years of silence has a way of killing a dream. And then again, the angel appears to Mary. And now every single year, we have the opportunity to celebrate Advent and to think about how this is an opportunity to hear from God and follow his direction. Okay, let's look to scripture. If you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find Luke chapter one. I'm going to begin reading with verse 26. Again, we're thinking about Mary. Luke provides more information about her and some of her intimate thoughts. And this is what we'll investigate today. 400 years, no word from God. Nobody's looking or listening. And then we get this. Verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth is a relative of Mary and she's pregnant at the same time. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Verse 29, confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. Mary asked the angel, (laughs) okay, uh, how can this happen? It's not possible because I'm a virgin. The angel replied, well, here's the deal, Mary. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of, of God. In other words, God's going to perform a miracle here, and that's how you usher Jesus into the world. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm the Lord's servant. I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Timothy Keller has written a book called Hidden Christmas. Within this book, he provides some great research about the faith of Mary and what she would have been thinking and feeling when this miraculous event occurred. I want to take some of his thoughts. I want to borrow them and use them as our thinking points today. Three thinking points. Number one, about the faith of Mary. Mary responds thoughtfully. She responds thoughtfully. If you look at verse 29, again, it says confused and disturbed. That's what the text tells us. Mary hears this information. She is confused and disturbed. So it's not like Mary said, finally, I've been waiting for this moment. I'm the one. You've made a great choice. Let's make all of this happen. Well, that's not Mary at all. She is confused and disturbed, probably a little dazed. 
And it helps us to know that she questioned. I think she doubted. She used her reason and her intellect was involved in this process. So Mary, confused, disturbed. There are doubts, there are questions, but her reason is involved and her intellect is involved. Following after God involves all of that. Questions and doubts. But following God is not a mindless activity. It involves reason and intellect as well. And we find all of this happening within Mary. She responds thoughtfully. Secondly, Mary responds gradually. She moves from how can this be because there's a physical element here that hasn't happened for me. So how can this be too? I am the Lord's servant. And while she probably didn't understand everything that was about to happen to her, she trusts that God will lead the way. She responds gradually. And then number three, Mary responds in willing surrender. I I, I love this phrase. I think it's so fascinating. I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. I am. The Lord's servant. Here's what that doesn't mean. It doesn't mean Mary said, well, you know what? You're God and I'm just a teenager and you're going to do whatever you want to do. So, all right, let's just get on with this. I don't believe that's what occurred here. And so what does this mean? Well, Keller describes it this way. When she says, I am the Lord's servant, She is grounding her obedience in the reality that he is God, our creator and keeper, and so he deserves our service. So I am the Lord's servant. He deserves this. He deserves this. And yes, I have doubts and questions. I can't figure all of this out on my own, but I will trust that God will lead the way. And so Mary, she responds thoughtfully. She responds gradually. And then she responds in willing surrender. Here I am. I am the Lord's servant. It's interesting because what Mary heard from the angel during that whole conversation certainly changed her life forever. And what Mary heard in that conversation certainly changed the world. If you're here and you've trusted in Jesus alone to rescue you and to save you, then what Mary heard has also changed your life as well. A very significant conversation here. Again, the sounds of Christmas. So what does this mean? Right? How does this impact our lives as we approach Christmas 2018? How can we follow in the footsteps of Mary? Well, let me start by saying I don't believe God is going to send an angel to have a conversation with anybody. I don't believe that's going to happen. We have the completed word of God, 66 books in all of its entirety that from the front cover to the back share one story of God redeeming his people and reaching out to us and how we can enter into a loving relationship with him that lasts forever. We have the completed word of God. Mary did not have that. And so this is a very special occasion where an angel talks to her about something miraculous. I don't believe God talks to people through angels anymore. By the way, it's kind of interesting. 
Most often in scripture, when God appeared to a woman, it was to announce to her that she was having a baby. So ladies, if you do get a conversation with an angel, you know, again, I don't think it's going to happen, but just so you know. Okay, if angels aren't going to talk to us, then what does this mean? As we think about what Mary heard and how can we follow in her footsteps? Well, as we approach this December, and as we think about another Christmas that is coming, I want us to keep in mind the words of scholar Mary Ann Getty Sullivan to help us. And here's what she says. Mary does not create obstacles. Very interesting. Mary does not create obstacles. She asks for direction, relying on God for help. Mary doesn't create distractions. She removes them, actually. And she reaches out to God and relies on him for direction. Two takeaways. Number one, remove obstacles. Here we are. Christmas is coming. Remove obstacles to hearing from God. December is a time where we may focus on God and his great work, the advent of Christ, the birth of Jesus, and everything that means. We may focus on that and think about that in greater lengths than at any other time of the year because of the holiday. But if you're anything like me, often we add to that events and stuff and shopping and all of these things that take away our margin and I believe crowd our ability to simply just hear from God in silence or with nothing happening around us. And so if we want that, which I think we should want, then we have to remove obstacles to hearing from God. I put a list together of things I want to remove as I approach Christmas. Maybe some of these things are true for you. Here they go. Watch your calendar. Stay home. Read scripture. Reflect on that scripture. Put down the phone. (laughs) Put down the phone. Skip the party. Nobody's going to miss me anyway, so skip the party. Create space to hear from God. Say no to things so that there is margin to listen to God and remove these obstacles. I don't know if there's something in there that resonates with you, but let's all work hard to actually hear from God by creating space and margin. And that probably begins by saying no to something. So feel free to do that because it helps us hear, helps us hear from God. Number two. Ask God for direction and then pay close attention. Ask God for direction and then pay close attention to his word. Right? This is how God speaks to us. So we want to remove obstacles so we can spend time thinking about God and his word so that we can follow his direction. I would encourage you to spend a little more time in scripture than what you normally would do during a busy month. There is a scripture reading plan on your talk notes, Monday through Friday. Read through that. It follows our teaching pattern here on Sunday. Take advantage of that. Or if you were here in January for Life Verse and you chose a verse to anchor your soul for the year, do you remember it? 
Maybe it's time to go back and review that a little bit and say, God, here's the verse you gave to me. And as I come to the end of another year, I want to thank you for these words and reflect in that and hear from God and then ask for direction by paying close attention to his revealed word. I want to go back to the big idea. The surprising truth about Christmas is that it gives us a unique opportunity to hear from God and then follow his direction. Church, join me in creating margin so that we can hear from God and not just hear, but follow his direction. Father, we come to you at the start of a very busy season And through the words of Luke, we're reminded of how you burst onto the scene and interrupted Mary's world, talked to her, shocked her with some information that I don't believe she was anticipating. But yet she listened, she questioned, and she moved towards you. She removed obstacles and listened to your words. God, I believe that's the pattern we can follow from Mary. Help us to be listeners this month. Help us to prioritize that. Hearing from God. And not just hearing but also following your direction as revealed in your word. God, I pray that you give us a month like never before individually as we lean into you and listen to you and respond, but also corporately as we do this as a church, as we get quiet and silent before you and ask you to speak. God, remove the obstacles. Remove them. And help us to look to you. I believe in doing that. This could be a fantastic month for us as individuals, as families, and as a church. So we ask for this now. In the name of Jesus, the one who came to be with us, we pray it in his name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.